Welcome to a bonus episode of Marvel's Voices. I'm Anjali Grochet. Now, Marvel Studios' The Falcon and Winter Soldier has come to a close, which means it is time for a spoiler alert and a bit of a disclaimer. Today's interviews were recorded before the finale, but just in case you still haven't watched Marvel Studios' The Falcon and the Winter Soldier streaming exclusively on Disney+, Plus, you probably want to go in fresh. So stop this now, watch all six episodes of the show, again, streaming exclusively on Disney+, Plus, and then come back. All right, are you still there? <laughs> Great, because I've got two amazing interviews for you all today. In March, I had the pleasure of chatting with star Anthony Mackie, aka Captain America, and head writer Malcolm Spellman about taking on Sam Wilson's story. And unpacking what it truly means to be Captain America in this series. First up, we have Anthony Mackie. I heard you from New Orleans. I am. My father's from Algiers. My sister used to work at Oxnard. Get out of here. Yeah. Small world. Small yeah. world. Well, I it's actually perfect because the first question I wanted to ask you, which I lost my mind. I've already I've let you know. I've already seen episode one, and literally, I was like, "Wait, what do you mean? His origin story has changed? What Louisiana? <laughs> what?" And so, you know, I was super excited. One, like I've always been excited to see you as Falcon. Like it's always been like a big deal from us, like being from home state. You know, yes. but I was super excited to see the evolution of the character being from Louisiana and like seeing places, particularly the bank scene, like all spoilers out at this moment, like the bank scene, like seeing familiar streets, you know, how great is it to play a character more or less from the same area as you? And then also hearing the accents. Cause like, for me, that's always like, not being able to go home in the last year has been like a big deal for me. Like even just hearing the accents on screen, like how was that? Uh, it was great. We got into a, a big tip because I'm like, well, if he's from New Orleans, I got to eat crawfish on camera. I got to, I got to, I got to get crawfish. So, but they wouldn't <laughs> let me do it because they were, it was, it was a whole thing, but. It's complicated. It's a lot it's of work. Complicated. It's pop and snap and it, it get messy. It's, a, it's complicated. Next thing you know, I'm seven pounds of crawfish in. But it was great. You know, Sam Wilson is kind of unique from other characters and comic books because he follows the story of the African-American in America. Stan Lee, when he first created Sam Wilson, was from Harlem. And he was like a hustler because at that time, Black exploitation films were really big. It's a big deal. And, And, you know, as Black people evolved, Sam Wilson evolved into a different character. He's been reintroduced three different times in a comic book. So now, you know, I guess with me being me and being country, they made him from, (laughs) they made him from Louisiana, you know, which is great. And I love my state. I love my city. And I love the fact that they gave me that little kudo of making him from Louisiana. I'm ready to hear everybody mispronounce Delacroix. (laughs) <laughs> that's what I'm that's what I'm waiting for. Um, you know, do you feel like one, do you feel like you were able to bring a little bit of your personality now into this iteration of Sam Wilson? And do you feel like that was like that made it even easier 
to like embody the character, particularly as we get into more of his personal storyline. Definitely, because there's so much more of him now. You know, I've tried to slowly build piece by piece in all six of the films, well, I guess seven with Ant-Man. Piece by piece, build a little bit more of who he is into my performance, just with little stuff. So with this, having so much backstory, having Ada Pyro there, who's such a great actress, who I've loved since Pariah. And, you know, to have her as my sister and have her there with me, have that kindred bond, it really shows the type of person that he is. It's a very unique type of person that gives of their personal time for another person's well-being. And for Sam to be a counselor of vets, you know, it says a lot about him. But no matter how big or strong or badass of a dude you are, your sister will always humble you. <laughs> yeah, especially because she is from Louisiana. Um, exactly. <laughs> so when Marvel approached you about this series, you know, what were you most excited then to bring to the character, right? Because we get to see him flawed. We get to see him make mistakes. We get to see him like battling some things. I won't go, in, go into too much of it, but like really like going into the ethos of who Sam Wilson really is separate from Falcon. Well, you know, with Sam Wilson, what I think of, you know, you don't really know anything about him. I mean, you know, he's a counselor, you know, he's a vet from a special tactical unit, you know, his partner uh, was killed in action. That's pretty much it, you know? So I wanted to show like he's a community man. He comes from a neighborhood of people. He knows those people. His parents were pretty established people where he's from. He's from a good family, you know, and that's what makes him family oriented. You know, the idea of being a, a superhero or an Avenger or a celebrity is not something that excites him. You know, he he's he's doing this because Captain America asked him. You know, if you watch the Winter Soldier, my first one of my first lines is if Captain America knocks on your door and he needs your help, you help. <laughs> you do. And, and I love it because it's so interesting because there's this moment in the bank and, and, and I'm not going to go too much into it because I got more questions, but where he's like, do I know you from LSU? And like, I just, popped, <laughs> I just fell out laughing. And I was just like, he's just sitting there like, I don't want to, can you just I, give us, I'm just here know. for the loan, but I'm here for, you know, so in a recent interview, Kevin Feige said the Falcon and Winter Soldier is like opening up the potential to tell an entire story, which honestly, like I, I can do nothing but agree. You know, you're stepping into some shoes. Uh, you're now you now also stepping into present day because Falcon was gone. Falcon <laughs> went bye bye, right? Like you know, <laughs> you know, how do you balance this idea of one like dealing with that blip situation, but also you're stepping into shoes as a black man. You're like, you're, you've been given this shield as a black man in present day. What does it mean for you to be able to tackle this? And particularly, this is also the very beginning. What did you want to tell? It's funny because, and, and this was not intended at all, but you know, the show takes place post blip. We just came back from the blip. So everybody's trying to assess and figure out their new normal. And that's the same thing we're going through with COVID, you know, once COVID is over, we're going to have to assess, attain, and figure out what's our new normal. So I think after 2020 and all the chaos of 2020 and coming into 2021, I think 
we're, we're all in a position where we're realizing our new normal and uh, sexism, racism, homophobia cannot be a part of our new normal. Speaking of, you're a big comic book fan. So I'm going to say, Sam Wilson meets Isaiah Bradley. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and, and, and for me, when I found this out, I, I lost it. I lost it. Like for you as a super comic book fan and like as somebody who's just this history, like even the roles you've chosen is very clear mm. that the depiction of history as a person of color is very important. What was it like exploring this aspect of history in this show? It was actually amazing. And when I first met with Kevin and Nate to talk about the possibility of there being, you know, this TV show, I, I always thought a really cool storyline would be for Sam to meet the experiment, you know, because that's a storyline that's never talked about. And as a brother who's a superhero, to, I mean, that literally puts even more fuel on the fire of the idea of what it means for a Black man to represent America, you know? Because yeah. that's where, that's where the, the idea and the opinion comes from. You know, how do you represent someone who does not appreciate, love, take care, or represent you? So, you know, with that, it was, a, it was a lot of humble pie. And I would text and call Malcolm and just, I'm like, bro, we need more scenes. I want more stuff with Bradley. We, you know, so we got our stuff in there. And fortunately, it worked out. And, and as the series goes on, there's a great button with Isaiah that I think everybody will be very proud of. I love it. Thank you so very much for this. Thank you so much for representing my home state so well, our home state so well. And I can't wait for fans to see this. Like, I cannot wait. Captain America is from Louisiana. <laughs> Has a nice ring to it, doesn't it? Mm. All right, but now let's get to the man who really helped bring the story to life, head writer Malcolm Spellman. Yo, so I had a the amazing opportunity to host a premiere and had a cool conversation with Nate about this whole process of creating the show and just everyone is like, you're already an acclaimed writer, you're a producer, you've done so much work. One, why the Falcon and the Winter Soldier? I gotta know. Uh, two, what did you feel like it was necessary to bring from your background and all your other projects into this new project with Marvel Studios, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier for Disney Plus? Number one is, you know, you got to be careful in the shots you take with Marvel because they don't want you coming in thinking, oh, man, I get to spend, you know, a billion dollars and make a lot of money. They respond to passion and they're very clear about it and they're explicit in their stuff. Right. So right. um, the only time I'd ever approached Marvel before I was me proactively trying to pitch Deathlock, um, um, who was a character I love. Word. And I, and I pitched that. Deathlock from the 90s, right? Yes, yes, yes. And, and I pitched that to Nate and, and couldn't get it going with him, but built that connection with him. All the Marvel stuff I've seen popping up on the grid, I never, never went for. And when I heard about this one, and the idea of in 2020, well, at 2019 back then, a black man confronting what it would be like to 
wield the stars and stripes. They, I, I went and pitched to Nate, and as much as I got wrong, they definitely knew how much and how passionate I was and how clear I was on how that struggle needed to be told and was relevant today and was the perfect thing to carry Marvel into 2021, you know what I'm saying, into the, into the new millennium. As far as what I brought, I could talk about personal experience, um, but I started in features and before for 12 years or close to 15 years maybe before I moved into TV. The storytelling in those two spaces is, in my opinion, completely different. When two characters fall in love and break up, the rhythm to it is totally different in a serialized story, which I call horizontal uh, storytelling versus a feature, which is what I call vertical storytelling. Vertical meaning there's urgency, compressed time, everything is building towards a moment, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. Kevin's mandate was the storytelling of each episode has to feel like a movie. Well, I'm thinking- You're perfect for this. I'm, I understand <laughs> it. And so I think that was the best, the best thing I brought to it is, you know, I'm working right now in this space of, of serialized storytelling where you can do deep dives in characters, but I've also written movies. And then lastly, I think process-wise, I think one thing that I brought and that I think made Nate and them very comfortable was that as a producer right now, my process in breaking stories is pretty thorough and because that's all I've been doing. I just work with all these different writers in breaking a season of television, right? Breaking the season out. And they'd never done this before. So they needed, like, I showed up with a lot of experience in that. And the thing that I love about this is that if we really think about it, you've got Sharon Carter, Bucky, and you've got Sam Wilson, right? You've got these three people that are really being brought together all because of Steve Rogers, right? Like, if you look at their their origins within the MCU, so but for you, like Sam and Bucky have this this history and now they're without him. You know, we get to explore more into this relationship of them with each other, which is utterly hilarious yeah. on so many <laughs> levels. You know, what about this relationship did you know you really wanted to explore? It's the, the, the thing everybody from the fans to Kevin Feige to you to every single person that saw Civil War knew in a 12 seconds, you're like, oh, these dudes could carry a series or a movie. And that kind of electricity is beyond, I can't take no credit for it. Yeah. And it doesn't even take a genius to see that they see, have something Which special. is ironic because that's the moment where you have Sharon, Bucky, and Sam all at the same time. And you're literally just extracting Steve. That's right. That's right. And I think that... Uh, what I love about the idea of two men who think they have a relationship and a friendship, and now they're confronting the fact that they actually had a mutual best friend in common, mirrors a journey in a way that the world is dealing with in this one, which is the entire planet is having a reckoning post Thanos. And on that kind of issue, the person best qualified to resolve that is Captain America. And so the absence of Steve in the world mirrors the absence of Steve in their relationship. Which is so amazing. And another thing I love about this is uh, obviously Anthony Mackie's from Louisiana. I'm also from Louisiana. So this is like a, a big right. part that I love about this. You know, we got a little bit of shift 
in Sam Wilson's origin story to Louisiana, right? And you know, what about this? Because you are getting like these real moments with him though, like these real moments in, in a very different place than what we're accustomed to from the comic books with Sam in this beautiful way of Anthony being able to bring his family and his culture and his background in. What does being from Louisiana add to Sam's character, do you think? And you know, what do you think fans will take away from seeing? Because this is the first time we really get to see who Sam is. Yep. We made these choices on two levels, right? We knew the weight of what this character was going to have to take on in confronting the shield and whether or not to, to, to take on the mantle or not. And Sam, or rather Anthony, had already read the books and created a, a, a Sam character so that he could be great in all the movies, right? If we were going to shift from that a little bit, we needed to give him footing so that he could channel and make it real to himself and anthony was initially a little bit reluctant like that's a very very black very very old school environment that this character comes from the fishermen people who live off this you know live off the earth and that point of view of those of the new backstory for sam we needed anthony to be able to wield it without question and so we wanted to find connectivity to his real life so that he could be honest as he, as he sort of morphed the character a little bit. Which I love because, uh, you know, for a lot of folks who are from Louisiana, like there's also a completely separate history that we won't get into right now about black fishermen That's in the right. South and black fishermen and, and, and that work and what it means because it is something that was a trade that continuously was passed on throughout families because once you invested in that boat, that was your family's collateral, right? And I think that's so amazing because as we've seen with WandaVision, like we're getting to explore heroes' daily lives, not just, you know, what they're dealing with at the aftermath of the blip, but like what does it mean for them to return, their family dynamics, their background. And so we also get to see Sam and Sam's sister applying for this business loan. We get to see Bucky going to therapy, which some of the funniest moments, but also some of the realest moments in the series, you know, what was it like to be able to bring those dynamics into the show? Because there's also, again, like any good action story, tons of, for lack of a better word, action. Yep, it, it is. So for the, the Black Fisherman story, we did a ton of research on it. And in the end, if we had eight episodes, there'd be more of it in there. But we watch the documentaries, we and you'll see all that research in the fallout of the bank scene or little lines they have with each other, right? For the Bucky character, I think it was so, so necessary. Like, Sam's backstory was probably a mystery to a lot of Marvel fans, right? Everybody knows what Bucky's been through, and Bucky's never had a chance to deal with it. And Sebastian's never had a chance to play it beyond individual moments because someone's always trying to destroy planet Earth. We wanted to use that. We were like, man, let's just take the reality of the movies, right, and make that, you know, into this dude's journey. And then what we tried to do was position the action into situations that force character beats. Like, most of the big set pieces we wrote have a grid of character, like a mini story within that set piece that has the character action in it. 
And I love that because one of the sneak peeks, I love it so much. He says one of the big threes, like we get to see them when it, when it, in the moments where there's not an Android, an alien or a wizard. And I think that's, it's, it's so touching because that's one of the things that folks who love Marvel love because this, the heroes suddenly become relatable, you know, as a writer, I know you bring a lot of your own personal experiences and perspective to storytelling. Like what did you personally want to bring to this story? The thing I was most excited about and what I most personally wanted to bring is through my experiences or whatever, right? But it's the kind of struggle, Angelique, you can probably fill in the blanks on what it is, right? And so I definitely feel a sense of urgency in wanting to have certain conversations um, 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 about where this country is going and what it feels like to be black in this country. And there's no better, like, if I doubted at all the power of this medium, my nephew who wears his Black Panther Halloween costume on a regular basis made me realize, you know what I'm saying? This, this, the blackness of this character and his experience and how that would clash with what the Stars and Stripes are, that was something for me. I have my opinions on this country, right? And so I, I wanted a chance to sort of have that conversation in a way that would be received and receivable. I think that actually is a great segue to my next question, which is this idea is that, yes, we have two heroes. And one of the things I love about Falcon is that he has wings and he can fly and that is it. And he is human, right? Like, and you see these human moments. And then of course, you know, Bucky's, you know, he was around in 1937, but I say that to say like, you can't have a superhero story without an antagonist. So talk to me about some of the series baddies. Cause we know a little bit, but I feel like we know absolutely nothing about what's going on at this point. The first thing we did was we worked very hard to translate the MCU post blip, right? Which is a worldwide event has happened. After five years, three and a half billion people have reappeared, which throws the world into chaos, which mirrors the real world today when a worldwide event has happened, a thing through this global pandemic that unifies all people, whether they want to be unified or not, we're all dealing with that struggle. From there, we make the entire story is born from that because all the baddies in this series are reacting to that, that global situation and all the baddies in this series believe they are heroes. And we worked very hard to make their arguments compelling and make and as close as we could get to the audience understanding their points of view and the heroes understanding their points of view, the better those, those villains got because they're all responding to a global crisis, which is freaking people out. Mm -hmm. So there's a moment where Sam and uh, Carly, the leader of the Flag Smashers, mm -hmm. together in a room. And I'd say in 90% of the hero or even cop and robber movies I've seen, when a villain and a hero are in the room together and they're not fighting, it feels fraudulent. It feels like you're, you're forcing it. But because Sam being a black man so identifies with where Carly's coming from, there is a truth 
to the fact that she really believes she can convert him because everything she's saying makes sense. You know what I'm saying? And same with, with Zemo. Yeah. How many times does Zemo take shots at them and list the worst people in history? And in his mind, right up there with Red Skull, but right up next to them is the Avengers in Zemo's mind. And I think that's interesting because, you know, without spoiling it, and we did we we have talked about this and we will snip it if we need to. There is a lot of history that's talked about, including bringing in one of 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 a character that's going to surprise a lot of folks that deal with the history of black people in the country. Um, and I don't I don't know if folks are ready and I'm, I'm not going to go into it. But I will say, like, for you, how important was it to bring those aspects of history in? Because I think that parallels exactly what you're saying, which is this idea of battling ideologies and who truly is the villain. It, it is uh, for me that character anchors it is why i showed up right it was the thing when we went through a journey where the story was changing wildly or whatever right it is the one thing i asked nate and kevin and zoe to please fight to keep right and and they let me write him unflinchingly and they they let us if you haven't seen episode five angelique it's going to wreck you because that character's <laughs> that character's opinion on all of this is as real and as valid as any counter opinion. And we didn't want they we worked really hard to not undercut him as far as him challenging Sam on this journey. We wanted him to be as right as Sam would be if he disagreed with him. And oh. and that was everything. And and Carl Lumley, man, woo, you know what I'm saying? We ready, we ready. <laughs> so okay, so before we go, you know, you said that you want this series to be similar to Black Panther and its positive image, right? Like you want kids for all backgrounds to be able to see Black people as big and heroic. Also, obviously, as complex and and complicated. You know, what advice would you give to aspiring writers who want to write stories that expand our ideas of who a hero can be? I think for me, the quest here was to be and for and to me for these writers is to see a way to be unapologetically black or latin or asian or whatever it is and with that point of view but aim it in a way that the 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 challenges that that character faces are rooted in your culture and your identity but the manifestations of them are as big and as global as possible, if that makes sense. Meaning, don't shrink the story because it's Black or because you're Jewish or because you're Asian. Take that, be pure with it, and open it up. Go the opposite way, open it up. Make the whole world take that on. I love it. Okay, so what are you most excited for fans to see when when they see this? this I mean, all of the episodes, but like first episode out the gate two things episode one i challenge you to say anything that dope as far as the set piece has been done on tv it is incredible in my opinion it is just it is just the highest level and just what marvel is better than in my opinion than anyone else on the planet at 
But as far as the whole series, it's that character that represents Sam's deepest fears. That's that's the that's the thing I'm most proud of and most excited for people to see. Well, congratulations. I am so excited for folks to see it. Thank you for taking the time today, Malcolm. This was amazing. And yeah, I can't wait for people to see it. Thank you, Angelique. I have to say, listening to those interviews again, knowing what we know now, <laughs> chef's kiss. Thank you so much again to Anthony Mackie and Malcolm Spellman. And if you haven't already checked out Marvel Studios, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier streaming exclusively on Disney+, Plus, what are you waiting for? Go now. Just go to the Marvel tile, click it. You know what? You'll thank me later. And make sure to keep your eyes peeled for the next season of Voices coming this summer. Until then, this is Marvel, your universe. Marvel's Voices is produced by me, Anjali Brochet, Jill Dubois, and Alexis Williams. Our director of audio is Jill Dubois. Our development manager is Brad Barton. Our theme music was composed and performed by Kamal Wainaina.